0: I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day especially today in Jesus name. Good morning, welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Genesis chapter 42 and Joseph is dealing with his brothers who come up come down from Canaan and are asking the egyptians to help them asking the egyptians to give them some grain and obviously joseph is in charge and we've we've talked about that in detail <clears throat> we're in verse 18 and it says then joseph said to them the third day this is after he put them in in jail for three days that's one of those cooling off periods That's one of those opportunities to reflect And I'm sure in the jail, they spent a lot of time discussing the situation they found themselves in. And uh, oftentimes, when we discuss situations that we find ourselves in, we reflect on our inadequacies, we reflect on uh, the things that have happened in the past, and uh, we reflect on how we have failed, how we've not met the standard, maybe how we've not lived up to what we should have been doing. That is a natural reaction. That is is a part of not only God bringing us to repentance and bringing us to an abiding faith. It can also be, if it's harped upon too long, it can also begin to turn into condemnation of yourself. And there's a fine line there. When the Holy Spirit's convicting you of something, all you can do is repent and turn from it. Once you've done that, once you've done that with God and dealt with that, then and you've got to move on with your life. You've got to move on with where God's leading you and guiding you. And the reason he would bring this up to you, because it's already paid for, the reason he would bring this up to you is for your for your edification, for your best, for your maturity, for your growth, for those things to bring your heart and your mind back in line with what you understand to be God's will. And it says, and it says, and then Joseph said to them on the third day, do this and live For I fear God. Now he's letting them know that he's a believer in God. He's letting them know that God's involved in this. And uh, I think that is a powerful step for Joseph to make. It is a step that begins to try to help his brothers begin to uh, move in the direction of seeking out and finding God's will. He says, do this and live for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined to your prison house. Notice. If you're honest men, I'm going to uh, let the rest of you go but i'm I need one of your brothers to be confined to prison. I need him to stay here in jail, but you go and carry for carry grain for the famine to your houses. Notice Joseph is making sure he provides for his family. he's providing for his family, and he's providing a reason for his brothers to come back now this also has an extra added benefit. we know that the brothers most of the brothers were willing to to spend a brother in order to get what they want what i mean by that they're willing to they're willing to sell their brother into slavery and get rid of him to to appease their own desires and their own inadequacies and their own jealousies actually they want they were willing to give up a brother in order to to protect and take care of themselves as they saw they want they wanted life to be and joseph is going to keep a brother he's going to keep a brother that that maybe they will look back and say we've got grain our family's taken care of we'll just leave Simeon behind and if if he makes it if he doesn't we're going to take care of ourselves and just go back and say Simeon died on the way And uh, we'll be good. He is definitely trying to figure out whether or not his brothers are of a character and nature that he can reveal himself to them and that he can actually have a relationship with them in the future. And he sets it up as so. He says, if you're honest men, let one of your brothers be confined to your prison house. But you go and carry grain for the famine of your houses. He says, and bring your youngest brother to me, so your words will be verified, and you shall not die. Now, ultimately, he wants to see his full brother, he wants to see Benjamin, and he understands that his father's not going to let Benjamin just go off. He understands that his father now that he is perceived to be dead, he's not going to let that that youngest brother come up to come down to Egypt and take the chance that he's going to die. He realizes that his brother he's putting his brothers in a bad position. He's putting his brothers in a position where they perhaps could end up in in in, in conflict with their father and ultimately. Cause themselves to to be lost as far as their inheritance or to be cut off from their fathers, and they're now in a position where they're going to have to beg their father to bring Benjamin up and if benjamin if Benjamin doesn't make it, they may not have anything that they have that they have schemed and uh and lied and cheated to gain he says and bring your youngest brother to me, so the words will be verified, and you shall not die. And they did so. They said to one another, now they're speaking in their own language to each other while he's talking to them because not realizing that he uh, knew their language, they're going to speak uh, in their own language to to each other and reason with each other. They said to one another, we are truly guilty concerning our brother. Now notice, they've already discussed this. And uh, now that they've discussed this in prison and they've discussed how they've been wrong. And uh, they've discussed, they may have even discussed it before, but these events have brought about a, a, uh, a reckoning as far as what they did with their brother. And he says, he sa- they say to each other, we're truly guilty concerning our brother. And they're talking about Joseph himself. For we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us. And what they're saying is our brother begged for mercy and we didn't give him any mercy. We saw who he was and we saw what what we were destroying. And we didn't care when he pleaded with us. And we would not hear. And what they were saying is we that there's really nothing that they could say to themselves to ease that pain of what they've done. And that happens a lot in life. We do things that we really shouldn't have done. We have we, every person who comes to know Jesus Christ has things in their past, Dean Dowd likes to call it black holes, things that you just do not even want to ponder or discuss because they're things that just should not have been done in our lives, things that we regret things that we we really it is a revelation of how wicked and sinful we are. Now the reason God allows us to remember those things is because we do need to know the depth and breadth of our wickedness and that we're not we don't reach God on our own. God provides every way to us. Everything that is necessary and required for justification for salvation through sanctification and ultimately for us to be glorified before him is provided to us by God. We do not provide anything. We bring nothing. We bring, we come to God naked. We bring nothing to him that allows us to have that relationship to allows us to have eternal life, to allow us to have the good things that come from God. We do not bring anything to the table. All we bring is the blood of Jesus Christ, which covers our sin. And, um, the reason God allows us to remember these things is first of all, it allows us to understand that we have no way to him except by, except by his finished work. We have no way to him except by knowing that uh, God has made the way and without, we're nothing. Without him, we're totally separated. Without him, we're totally cut off. And uh, that brings us into remembrance of him. It also does another thing. It glorifies him because it allows us to understand the great length he has gone to make us back into his image, to make us back into his likeness, to bring us back into his kingdom and to bring us back into his own house and to make us a part of who he is. And in in that regard, it becomes a great asset to us because we realize how great and mighty the love of God is that overcomes our sin. And then finally, it gives us the strength to move on and realizing that we can overcome all things in our lives Because if God could overcome that, what more can he overcome? And what more can he do to prove how great he is in our lives? And he is willing to do more and more, greater and greater for each and every one of us if we'll walk by faith. And the realization of how terrible and those black holes, those difficulties that happen in our lives, the realization of how terrible they are is great glory to God. And it also ought to be great hope for you because you can take those, uh, those terrible things of your past and look at them and, and point to them and say, God is mighty and God is going to do greater things in my life. And I know how mighty he is because I know it. I know my, the depth of my sin intimately and I know the depth of my pain intimately. And I know the great reward that comes from him. And you got to face those things. And let me tell you something, Romans. That's Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 talks about laying aside all those things that encumber us and keep us from running the race real good. It is those things that those sins that so easily entangle us. And so many times people get focused on their sin. And what God's saying is, I've overcome those things. When you need to use those things to propel you forward, laying aside those encumbrances because those things are keeping you from the mighty works I'm willing to do in your life. And you got to you got to push them aside. You got to unentangle them from your feet so you can run the race completely and fully and hopefully and powerfully. And and ultimately, the only way for you to ever do that is you got to come face to face with them. And when God's bringing you face to face with them, He is not bringing you face to face with them for the purpose of punishment. He's not bringing you face to face with them to. Re- for retributive justice, to retribute you for what you've done. He is not doing that. It's not for retribution. It's not to hurt you. It is to allow you to see the greatness of his power at work in your life and understand that power is continuing on past sin into glory. And he wants us to do that. He wants us to understand that. He wants us to see that in our own lives. And notice, and Reuben answered them saying, did I not speak to you saying, do not sin against the boy, and you would not listen? And see, Reuben had already understood the the depth of his his sin, and he'd already understood that this is not a good thing. And uh, he said, I-, I told you not to do this, but we're here now. Do not sin against the boy, and you would not listen. Therefore, behold, his blood is now required not, he didn't say of you, he's not sticking that finger out at them and saying you, He's saying that the blood that blood of that boy is required of us. And I think that is such a powerful statement that Reuben is making there. Did I not speak to you saying, do not sin against this boy, and you would not listen. Therefore behold his blood is now required of us. What he's saying is this is this is brought upon us. Because of our sin, what he doesn't understand is this is brought about upon them in their own minds and their own hearts, so that they might move past it it didn't come up God would not allow it to come up in your mind and in your heart. He would not allow it to be a part of who you are unless it was going to have some advantage for you. You need to get that your sin and your struggle is an advantage to you that doesn't mean that we should sin more and more so that grace may abound that 's what the apostle. Paul says, shall we sin more that grace may abound more? By no means, no, we're not to sin so that we can prove how great God is, but our sin proves how great God is. And so we should look at it and this is on me. And you know what? God has made a way for me. And if he's made a way for me today, He sure is going to make a way for me tomorrow. And there should be an anxious expectation of who God is and what he's going to do in the future for you. If you're thinking about and considering those things, don't walk in condemnation. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We understand that. We understand that. Paul said that to a young pastor. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And understanding that allows you to move past it in power and in strength. And it actually propels you forward in faith. He says, but they did not know that Joseph understood them, for he spoke through them, spoke to them through an interpreter. Notice, they didn't know that Joseph was listening to all that they said and understood it. And it is confirmation for Joseph that their sin is before them and they realize the struggle and the depth of their sin. And it says, he turned away himself away from them and wept. Notice, he leaves the room and goes and cries over this. Because it's a great loss for him. And I want you to notice, as great as their grief is over their sin, his 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 forgiveness is just as great. And that's how Joseph is a type of Christ. He goes into Egypt and he provides a way for us in the midst of sin and struggle. Joseph is a picture of Christ. He's a picture of he who has been sinned against and yet provides hope and life and sustenance for his people and he's going to do this for his brothers he's going to he's going to give them hope and he's going to give them life and he's going to give them purpose and he's going to he's going to eventually reveal himself to them and yet he is he is he's emotional over what has been done to him and yet he still loves and he still loves with the depth and breadth that's not seen everywhere and it says but they did not know that Joseph understood them for he spoke to them through an interpreter and he turned himself away from them and wept Then he returned to them again and talked with them. And he took Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. Notice he's going to keep Simeon behind and he's going to send them away. Now, I think we need to spend just a moment dealing with Simeon because Simeon loses his inheritance because, quite frankly, he was the one who was always one of the leaders causing the problems. He was the one who caused the murderous attack on Shechem and he was the place that he was the, the one who caused a lot of the issues in the family and uh, to tell you the truth because he is not mentioned as, as a tribe in Israel there's reason to believe that he was never a man of faith a never a person that ever believed or trusted in God and I think Joseph knew that <clears throat> and Joseph separated him out from them because he did not want him to go back with them and in any way influence them not to repent And chase after God. And there's an element of separating people out that God does. And he always does it in a a way that brings about your best. So many times in our, there are people in our lives that come along that do not want to do God's will, that do not want to chase after God's best, that do not want to act according to his nature and his character. And oftentimes they're very close to us. And oftentimes God removes them to the side so that we might experience his very best and uh, I really believe that's what's going on with Simeon. I believe he's a person who uh, who never, ever really does anything that's not selfish and self-oriented. And uh, his selfishness has caused him to stay back in prison and not be allowed to go home. And these journeys were not easy journeys. They didn't jump into their minivan and head back to Canaan and get there a day later. Those were long journeys, over hundreds of miles taking many weeks to get one place to the other, and this journey that they're going to have to take back and go back and talk to their father and somehow get him to bring Benjamin back to Egypt so that they can get their brother and so that they can get more provision of grain to take care of themselves because the famine's going to be for a long, long day. They're going to endure a long journey, but that journey's not ever for sure to end in success, and Simeon is been left behind because if they don't come back, there'll be nothing left and Simeon will spend the rest of his life in prison. And the truth is that he may never see his home again because what if they don't ever make it back? And uh, I would say to you that this is just place for Simeon to be because Simeon is not a man that can be trusted. And uh, Joseph looks at it, and he says, this is the one that's the biggest troublemaker, and I'm going to separate him from my brothers so my brothers can become and be the very best in, in in the presence of God and in the presence of men, especially their father. And that's a sad commentary on Simeon's life is is a life to look at in scripture and to say, uh, let's not be that, let's not be the person that destroys people's faith. Let's be a person who builds people's faith. And Simeon was not that. And I hate to end our Tuesday morning Bible study with Simeon and uh, his destructive nature. But the truth is, sometimes in our lives, we have to separate ourselves from people who do not cause us to walk by faith, but cause us to continue to deal with darkness. And they keep dredging it up over and over in our lives. And when you have to separate yourself from that so that you can walk in God's full grace and so that you can walk in full faith and so that you can know your God and you can understand his will and his way for you. And I pray that you'll do those things, and I expect that we will. And I've seen that going on more and more each and every day. It's exciting, and it's it's a source of great hope for me to see believers walking in faith, using their giftedness, and that is going on in such numbers that it's amazing to me. And in, in in just a little over two years, a group of people who, who are wandering in the wilderness have turned into a great host of people who are walking by faith. And I'm excited about that. And I'm expecting great things for you. And if you're facing your greatest sin and your greatest struggle today, and it's right before your eyes, I would say to you, the only reason God's got it right there in front of you is for you to let it go and for you to see how great his love is for you and what great things he has for you in the future, because he wouldn't be laying it out there in front of you if he wasn't showing you how great he's willing to act on your behalf. And so I would say grab hold to faith and don't walk in condemnation. Grab hold of his grace and don't walk in fear and doubt. And you will have his very best and you will become all that you were meant to be before him. (laughs)